Morgan Lucas, president of Lucas Oil. We've known him since he was a teenager. Worked his way up through the ranks of stock racing, alcohol racing, top fuel racing, team ownership. And now he's the president of Lucas Oil. So, of course, you kick off an interview with Morgan talking about, well, you know. Morgan, I, I'm more into Bluey than our seven-year-old Henley because it is just awesome. It the is messages. Just- Best kids cartoon I've I've ever seen, hands down. <laughs> the messaging, the funny, the 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 real world experiences that they talk about. There's one of them. I think it's called a uh, takeout or uh, yes. whatever. But anyhow, the the dad's taking both the kids to the the, the the I think the Chinese takeout restaurant, and um, they miss something. The older, so they get stuck outside, and the kids start getting at all this stuff. And it's like that 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 moment when you you can totally sympathize with whoever wrote. That episode truly has kids and definitely has multiple kids. And um, yeah, thank God for my wife uh, because she has taught me how to be more patient with it. I, but again, I, I love my boys. The older they get, the more uh, I can relate to them, the more our conversations get a little just more dynamic. My oldest has kind of got this really sweet, empathetic side to him. So he's always conscious of the moods that we're in and, you know, how you doing dad? You know, I love you. You're the best dad ever. And like says all these things, even though it's not true at all. And uh, (laughs) when my youngest, on the other hand, he's, he's just a wild man. Um, But he's the extremes, you know, he's, he's crazy uh, throwing things, you know, screaming, having fun. And then he'll, you know, when it comes time to cuddle up and watch a movie or something, he's just right up next to you. So have your boys gotten into Space Jam yet? The LeBron oh, yeah, they've, they've seen both. They've seen both. And uh, that was the question of the house for the next week after watching it was, what's your favorite, Dad? Mm-hmm. I, I can ask that. What's your favorite Space Jam, Dad? The first one or the second one? I was like, right, buddy, they're both good. They're different. <laughs> I don't know. You know. They started coming up with those political responses. <laughs> At least they're not asking you, come on, Dad, who's the real goat of the NBA? Oh. Is it Michael Jordan or LeBron James? Come on, Dad. I'm Jordan all day. Sorry, sorry, sorry for LeBron, but Jordan just—he he, was—he was more of a trendsetter, if you ask me. Statman, are those fighting words for you? You being your Laker homer that you are. Laker homer? I thought we knew each other. Come on, dude. Yeah. I was in Cavaliers, baby. No, no. calm down on that too. I—I <laughs> I was a huge Michael Jordan fan, or am a huge Michael Jordan fan. So it's going to take a while to get that, and what. LeBron has done to the Lakers has diminished both of them in my eyes. So uh, it's going to be, I don't know if the Lakers can recover from the damage he's done to them. Let's go back to this goat thing. Let's get back into this racing a little bit. We've gone from Bluey to Michael Jordan. So let's get back to racing. Who's the, uh, I'll give you the goat in funny car is John Force. Maybe you got somebody else. But who's the top fuel goat? You ran in top fuel. You know a little bit about that. You know, it's funny. I think that being as entrenched in it as I was, I I think you could say the goat, um, there's a lot of different perspectives there. Uh, In football, if you look at it, you can call Tom Brady the goat, right? But then you also have, uh, you know, the Lynn Swans, the Jerry Rices of the world. They're different positional players, and and, uh, there's different attributes that they have that are strengths that could make them the greatest of all time in their scenarios. Um, you know, I look at Kenny Bernstein as a prime example of somebody that that was um, probably the best businessman 
um, and also smooth, smooth driver, uh, you know, his consistency and doing everything that he did. Um, there was a rhyme or reason for it. Um, King Speed, right? Uh, I was always a fan of his. Um, Antron Brown, in my opinion, uh, might be the most all-around driver, best driver, I think, out there right now. I am so glad you brought up Antron Brown in that conversation, though, because sometimes I feel like he is overlooked because actually, I don't know why I was going to say because and then I can't even come up with a reason. I mean, he raced motorcycles. He's won championships in top fuel. He's going to be a team owner. There's so much there. What do you think it is from whether it's the general public or the media that needs to vault him just like does he need another championship what does it need to take him to push him over the edge so that he can be in that conversation with everybody again bringing up names of people you got steve torrance right great guy he's a customer of ours buys chassis from our uh fabrication business um uh great team uh richard hogan great team all those guys are great and you know people tend to, to gravitate towards the champions right and they've had one heck of a role here in the past few years and Antron, he's had his championships. He's done all that. I think from a peer level, it's hard to have anything negative to say about Antron. I don't think I've ever had a bad run in with him or anything else. He's just a first-class guy. Um, and I think a lot of the real diehard core fans know that. I think uh, at the end of the day, the cameras tend to pursue the guy that's winning the most at that point in time. Hmm. But my guess is, uh, you know, with Antron's future coming with his, his own team, um, Antron does everything right. I mean, the guy, he almost qualified for the Olympics. Okay. Um, you know, you think about that. He's just an athlete front to back. I mean, he's cousins with, uh, 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 uh Troy Vincent, I think, uh, right. I believe he's related somehow to him. It's, it's in the family. Uh, he, he knows how to do it. He's got a passion for competitiveness. Um, uh, the guy looks like he hasn't aged in, I don't know, the 20 years that I feel like I've known him. Um, I'm serious. He's in great shape. He just does everything right. So I, I think his day will come where he'll be, um, I think, considered on that list of people that, um, you know, whether you call it a drag racing hall of fame or something else, he's, uh, he's definitely one of those guys. You mentioned that Torrance is a client of yours. It's not out there, Morgan, that your fabrication business, chassis and so forth, are major players in drag racing. They just think it's the Lucas Oil bottle and all the products that you have and sponsor this, sponsor that. But the cars that these guys and women are running in has Lucas all over it. Yeah, uh, we started building our own cars when we were still running our team. Uh, And the first race out with our first in-house chassis, I drove it. uh, Number one qualifier won the race, and we're like, oh, okay. We did a good. We did a good job. So uh, that's a that's a way to announce yourself to say, yeah. take that. And it, yeah, it, it just uh, whether it was you know God looking down on us and saying, here you go, guys, we're gonna slide you a break for all the work and time you put into this, or if it was just everybody doing their job right, um, it was nice, and it, I guess it's gratifying. And after a while, we started realizing why why don't we sell these cars to other people? Like what it's. You know, we need to help other people out. We need to try to sell these things at a competitive price point um, somewhere here that, uh, you know, at that point, Murph McKinney wasn't building as much top field chassis uh, as he was funny car chassis. And there was this kind of independent company uh, opportunity for us to go out there and try that. And um, that's where we started. Now we're, we're building super comp chassis, uh, private label, building them for Billy Torrance um, under an under, undercover chassis label. 
and uh, he just won his first race in, in the first super comp car that we built. So, you know, the guys that we have, they pump out quality. Um, we have, you know, CNCs and water jets and uh, we do everything from roll cages and rally cars to, to, you know, building parts for a trucking company, TMC. Uh, they're a big flatbed hauler goes around the country. We don't, uh, I think, turn away any business that, you know, unless we absolutely have to, but the guys are always after trying to, to do something new, something cool that where they can really show their strengths. Roll cages and rally cars. I knew, you know, I, I could see your face, Kenny. You, you, you gave it away. That's my passion is uh, rallying. Uh, give me a name. Do you, do you have any major names yet? There are two or three major well, names actually, in rallying. Have you heard of uh, Brian Hurtis, uh the Hyundai program that he operates? Yeah. yeah. Uh, we've done some work with them. Uh, and, uh, you know, I can't tell you. I feel like we've done about 10 of them so far. Could be, I, I could be wrong. Um, but it's, it's really neat to see that um, how that whole thing started. Uh, and it goes back to the Red Bull series. I think there was these Fords that they were having to ship uh, back over to Europe to get a lot of work done on them. And it was kind of costly. So the guy that worked for us at the time used to work there. They got to talk on some of these people. They brought the car over and our guys uh, at the time, Richie Crampton uh, was still there. They just went to town on, on fixing a lot of things on this car that they would have had to send back to Europe for. That just turned into a relationship. And that goes back to the point, like with Lucas Oil, we want to deliver quality and, and keep people coming back. And top first class quality, that's what we're always after is being the most premium out there. And when it comes to the chassis side of things, that's how we look at it too. Uh, we want to be building and delivering the best product we can. If we ever have a problem with anything, if somebody's had an issue, we honor it, hand it over customer service just the way it needs to be done. But that pales in comparison to what Lucas Oil is doing right now. We have been having outstanding success. Our sales team has just been crushing it. Our production team has been on, on point. I, I feel like everything's just kind of hitting right now. Used car sales being up. Uh, I think a lot more people, I think, conscious of making their existing vehicles and equipment last longer. And um, and we are a brand that I think people can associate with that. Kenny Bernstein told us once that the longer chassis and the way he's driving then, uh, it was like driving a Cadillac, that the thing was so smooth. And I've seen them when they get bowed up and really take off. Uh, you had that experience. Are you able to apply some of that in the fabrication business to the cars that get on the track? Um, yeah, actually, that was a big focal point when we were designing the cars is taking the um, some of the problems we had in the past prior to that as far as cars that like to dart around and move and how every car was different. Um, they all responded differently to different things, and you had to, um, I guess, Really, for lack of better words, you just had to be on your game all the time. And when we started building our chassis, we you know went through the process of fixture tables. Aaron Brooks at the, was at the beginning of that, helped lay that out. Um, uh, Jason Rusher, whenever guys there, Richie Crampton. There's just an all hands on deck approach to getting this thing done. Um, and you know we fixture build everything. Uh, we preload the cars uh, in a way that um, we feel 
makes them more consistent. And that's really what it's about is consistency. And, and, and I think a really interesting fact about that is a few years ago, Steve Torrance was in the, and it's a tribute to his crew as well for putting the cars together so well um, and, and making them repeat. But he was in a run and I think something happened and he lost the tire and smacked the wall to finish line, or past the finish line and won the round. I think it was the second round and they got the spare car out, which is also another one of our chassis, got it ready to go and in time to make the semi. And the thing was on pace to run even better than it was running around before. Um, going right down the track and they had a fuel system issue down track. But uh, point is, is that repeatability is, is crucial. And that, that even goes back to uh, when I was running part-time and Richie was running full-time and we won, I think with our part-time team, we won the, the finals of Pomona. Uh, after Richie lost second round, they basically took everything out of the frame rails of that car and came over and put it in my car. Hmm. And then we, at that point, then ended up running my career best in the next round. And then again in the final. So the whole point, I guess, with what I'm saying is that from the driver's standpoint, being able to address these issues of darting things that are going to cause the cars to slow down. Uh, you know, you, you want them to go as straight as possible and you have to drive and finesse them. But what I realized about our cars and, and I think through the, the teamwork that we had is that I realized that first lap down the track, first full run, I was just sideways back and forth, back and forth because I was driving. I like one of the older cars. And I get down, the guy's like, oh my gosh, is the car okay? Is it something wrong with the car? It's, you know, you're sideways. I was like, no, no, guys, I, I know what happened. Don't worry about it. Let's just go back. The next day, I just told myself, steer a little less, see what happens. And it just went right down the track. Now, it doesn't mean to say that you're not going to steer a lot at different tracks and different settings and, you know, different grooves, different, you know, there's always variables. But uh, I was really proud of the work that the guys did because I realized immediately that we were onto something special. We've yes. got to get to this Eric Medlin tournament in it's what year is it now? I mean, you guys have really grown this thing. That's amazing. So let's yeah. talk about that a little bit. Yeah. You know what? Um, I can't take much credit for any of it. It was, I think my, my idea in the beginning. Um, but Katie, my wife, she, uh, I look out over this way cause her office is, you know, adjacent <laughs> to mine. Um, but she puts together the team. We have a lot of people volunteer time, uh, employees and or friends, family. Um, we have vendors for Lucas Oil that get involved and contribute. We have, um, you know, a lot of people that are friends of the racing community that come out and hang out with us. Um, it, it's, it's a really uh, interesting group of people. But really, at the end of the day, you know, and, and, and so you understand all this money, 100% of it goes to the Children's Hospital, St. Vincent's Children's Hospital. Peyton Manning's Children's Hospital at St. Vincent right. here, just to be clear. So, you know, anybody listening wants to donate to a really cool and 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 just awesome Children's Hospital. It does a lot of great for our community, great things. That's a great place to go. But at the end of the day, it's just special because we can continue to honor Eric, mm -hmm. um, you know, just to, to, to live in his memory a little bit. I, um, I didn't get to learn enough from him uh, because I feel like, uh, the guy, um, just, he just exuded that kind of just charisma and fun. And, um, he's just good, good people. And, uh, it, the world is lesser for not having him in it right now, but God and heaven are a lot better off for having him there too. So, um, 
we just try to keep them in our minds, try to try to remember them at all costs and, um, you know, go out there and have fun. And some people have too much fun. You know, it's it's 90 right. plus degrees in the summertime out there and uh, we have beer on every stop, it seems like. So uh, it, it can get wild, but we have a good time with it and uh, we celebrate. I could vouch for that. There There is beer on every hole and it gets kind of wild, but uh, I'll be out there this weekend. Or actually, this weekend, I'll, be, I'll miss it. I'll be out there this this week, this Thursday, grabbing some social posts. I'll probably do it the first couple of holes for drivers and participants. <laughs> before the beer takes hold. Have a little bit too, too much Crown Royal, like uh, Statman. Statman on a golf course and Crown Royal, it's all over me. So, you know. If you guys want to contribute, Eric Medlin is a, was a hell of a dude, man. EricMedlinMemorial.com, a great website, gives you the 411 on the golf tournament. Uh, raising money for Riley's Hospital through the Eric Medlin Golf Tournament. 